He is pouring his word into us and giving us comfort and encouragement by the power of the word of God. And so I want to bring to you the word of the Lord tonight. This is our shelter. This is our refuge. And uh, I want to deliver to you what the Lord has laid upon my heart. I want to thank Sister Caitlin Kovach for that beautiful song and the message that it brings. I'm so thankful that he is my shelter, that he's my strong tower. I'm reading from the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, and I'm going to begin reading at the 25th verse. We're going to read a few verses of scripture, and I want to try to encapsulate one of the great uh, miracle accounts of the word of God. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 25 through 35. This is a a reference to the woman who was a Shunammite woman and, and she is making haste to come to the prophet Elisha because of the need she has in her life. Her son had passed away. 2 Kings chapter 4 verse 25, she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel and it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away, and the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her, and the Lord hath hid it. From me and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, take my staff in thine hand, go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. If any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. The mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awaked. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed. He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. He went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, his hands upon his hands. He stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself upon him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. I want to speak to you. Tonight, for a few moments on the subject, the power of persistent prayer. The power of persistent prayer. I want to just talk to you a little bit tonight. These are extraordinary uh, times, and um, I don't really want to repeat everything that you've heard in the news. We're not here to declare the words of the world. We're here to declare the word of God. And it's not that we don't believe what's happening or that we're in denial of it or that we take it lightly. It's that we understand the power of a prophetic utterance. And we don't want to give credence to uh, the, the lament that is, that is coming upon our land. 
We want to speak life, speak the word of God. But I do want to talk to you about where we are, what is happening, and how we need to respond to it. Uh, because I, these are unlike any experiences that we've ever observed, unlike anything we have ever observed. And, uh, and it, is, it is shocking. It is interesting that in the same breath, we will say, we've never seen anything like this, followed up by saying, but we're going to come out of it all right. Normally, when we say we're going to come out of it all right, it's because we have some kind of a precedent that we can personally point to. But in these circumstances, uh, we're not looking at things we have precedent for in our lifetimes or even in the last 100 years. But we can still say we're going to come out of it all right. Not because we've been through anything like this, but because we know who our God is. And we know that there is nothing that is greater than him and he can and will bring us through this. So I do want to talk to you about it. We're receiving reports now from the Centers for Disease Control, National Institute of Health, the uh, various agencies that deal with uh, pandemics and epidemics, and uh, they are, they are uh, prognosticating that 100,000 to 240,000 people could, could pass away from uh, the coronavirus. Uh, this was a shocking uh, conveyance to the American public, and that's only in our nation. That's not even considering the world. The world is, of course, on a much larger scale, but only in our nation, and it was a, it was a real shock. It was something that was very hard to hear and uh, obviously very deeply disturbing, and that is with the efforts of mitigation. Uh, the more of that news that comes to us, the more challenging it is to hear it and to cope with it and to understand how we should look at it. Um, and and we've, we've come far enough into this uh, pandemic that it's beginning to affect the people around us, people that we, that we know and love. And, uh, and reports are coming to us that people are suffering and, and fighting. And uh, social media is causing that to be, of course, even more uh, causing knowledge to be more proliferated uh, as, we, as we see more and more people affected by this. And so I want to talk to you about it and just, let's, just, let's just let the word of God shine upon this very uh, difficult set of circumstances that has confronted our world. I want to talk to uh, those that are sick, those who have contracted the virus, those who are suffering right now, maybe, maybe you are at home and you're trying to cope with symptoms, or maybe uh, you're in the hospital, perhaps you've even been intubated, maybe you're in a coma even now, I still speak to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we speak healing over your body. And we speak the mighty hand of God, the power of God. We declare the Lord is our healer. The scripture teaches us it is the Lord that healeth us. And we call upon his mighty power to be that healing that we need, that balm in Gilead, in the name of Jesus Christ. There are families that are suffering right now, having already lost loved ones, and, and, and 
relationships, in many cases, several within one family because of the contagion that, that this virus is. It's a very uh, difficult thing for people to face. We speak the comfort of God upon them. I want to remind you, if you are suffering from this sickness right now, I want to remind you that the Lord is your healer. First, from a practical standpoint, from a logical standpoint, I want to just point out that the recovery rates are now far outpacing the mortality rates. I just want to point that out from a practical perspective. We've had enough time over the last couple of weeks to see that those that are suffering from this for uh, uh, several weeks, people are beginning to survive it at a, a, a great rate. It's very good to see that, and we give God the praise for that. That's probably not what you'll see in the media because, of course, the key element and tragedy of this virus are those that are, are passing away. That's what's making the news, and, and it's so disheartening. The news that you receive seems to be another punch in the gut. If you're suffering from this sickness, it's like it's, it's, it's just overwhelming, and, and it can begin to cloud your thinking and, and weigh on you and the spirit of fear. It gives the spirit of fear a, a very uh, clear access into your mind to be able to speak death to you and to speak discouragement and to, to, speak, to speak depression. But we come against that in the name of Jesus. And we want to point out and shed light on the fact that the recovery rate is, is really gaining momentum. And we're thankful for that. And we ought to give God praise for every person that has recovered. And we ought to be praying for every person that is fighting for their life or suffering from this horrible, horrible virus. I want to say to you as, you, as you are in a process of coping or in a process of recovering, in a process of healing, you've got a lot of time on your hands. A lot of time to think. You're in isolation, quarantined by yourself, scared that your family may have been exposed, worried about even those that are taking care of you that maybe they have been exposed, wondering if this is the end. And we want to bring to you the word of God. I want to encourage you to take Psalm 91. Three weeks ago, we, we, we mentioned in our teaching again on, on the deliverance from the bondage of fear to Take Psalm 91 and just speak it over your home and over your life and over your family. I want to bring that to you again. Psalm 91, verse number 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're in a secret place right now in isolation. You're in a secret place right now in quarantine. Make it the secret place of the Most High. I will say of the Lord. Notice what he said. He said, I will say of the Lord. You've got to say this of the Lord. He is my refuge. The Lord is my refuge. You have to say it. You can't just think it. You can't just hope it. You need to say it. And if your loved one is in the ICU right now, maybe they're in a, an induced coma on this two or three week period of being under the influence of a ventilator trying to survive this, this uh, affliction. Say it for them. Say what they can't say. Lord, you are their refuge. You are their fortress. You are their God. My God in him will I trust. 
You have to say this of the Lord. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Surely he shall deliver thee from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And as you read reports of a thousand passing away in one day and 10,000 across the globe or whatever the statistic may be, I want you to remember verse seven. A thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. And I want you to claim that promise for yourself. And I want you to claim that promise for your loved ones who may not be able to claim it for themselves verbally. Pray that intercessory prayer for them. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I'm going to read that part again because the devil would like to steal this scripture from you. But this belongs to you. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Speak that. Even if you are suffering from this sickness, speak that. Even if the devil tries to tell you that that doesn't apply to you because you're sick right now, speak that. Even if you've lost a loved one, speak that word. Speak that word and stand upon the word of God. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want you to take Psalm 91 and declare it every day. Every day, as often as you can. Declare it. And, and even if you're afraid, speak it with your mouth. And declare what you know to be true and what you know is right. Speak it. Confess it with your mouth until you believe it in your heart. Confess it with your mouth until you believe it in your heart. Continue to do what you're supposed to do. Read up on what you're supposed to do in isolation as you're coping with the symptoms of COVID-19. Do all the steps. Go, avoid what you're supposed to avoid. And, and take part in what you're supposed to take part in. And, and pray and trust God and know that he will keep you in Jesus' name. I want to speak that to those who are suffering right now from this virus and to the loved ones of those who are suffering from this virus. I want you to do this as an intercessor for your loved ones. Secondly, I want to address those who are afraid that you might contract the virus and you're living in fear right now. You're living in a state of suspended anxiety about whether you or your loved ones could contract this virus. And I want to encourage you in the name of Jesus Christ to understand that God is a God of right now. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Hallelujah. 
Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is right now. God operates in the right now. That's why we call him the great I am. He is the great I am. He is in this moment. And, and, and when you fear what could happen, you fear a worst case scenario, you begin to worry about, about developing a sickness or your loved ones developing a sickness. And you start thinking that, 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 that it could happen and it keeps you up at night and it worries you and you've got a knot in your stomach. I want to speak to you in the name of Jesus. Your, the, the spirit of fear is trying to take your emotions somewhere that your body can't go. You can't go two, three, four days, two, three, four weeks into the future. You have to stand where you are in that moment and trust the Lord. Don't, don't, don't put yourself two weeks from now and wonder, oh God, what could happen to me in two weeks? What could happen to my family in two weeks? And start, and, and then the real challenge becomes when you start giving voice to those fears and you start speaking that fear out. Don't put that fear into the atmosphere. Put faith into the atmosphere. Declare the protection of God over your home. Say things like, we will not be sick. We will not, we will not be sick. We will not be inundated with this virus. There's a hedge of protection around us and we're going to be kept. God's going to keep us. He's going to protect us. That's not living in an alternate state of reality. That's living in faith. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. And here's the, here's the reality that you as a saint of God know. That even if something were to develop, and even if you do come down with a virus that, that is terrifying by all, by all uh, uh, intents and, and, and way to, ways to look at it, it's a terrifying prospect. But here's what we understand. We understand that God will be with us in that moment. God will be with us in that moment. If that moment ever develops, God will be with us then too, just like he's with us right now. Somebody said to me one time, I've heard this said by several people, I just wouldn't be able to make it if such and such were to happen. They de de describe some kind of a hypothetical scenario, some kind of a theoretical uh, development, and they say, I just know I'd never be able to survive. No, that's that's not true. Even in a worst case scenario, God is with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Stand where you are, trusting God. Job said, behold, I go forward, and he's not there. That's what happens to us. We go forward two weeks, and it's terrifying because, because God's not there. He's here, right here, right now. Job said, I, I suspend myself forward and I look around and it's a terrifying view because I don't see God anywhere. And that's what happens with us. We, we start thinking our way down one week, two weeks, three weeks, and then we hear the apex of this virus is going to reach this, this catastrophic peak by the end of April and then it's going to make its way down. And that's in a best case scenario. And I've got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the month of April by the prognostication of the experts, looks to be a terrifying month. You need to treat it like there's a tornado coming through your neighborhood throughout the whole month of April. You don't need to be silly. You don't need to take this lightly. You don't need to act like it's nothing. You need to, you need to shelter in place 
and be in a position, if you have to go out, and I wanna remind you to pray for our healthcare workers, pray for our first responders, pray for all those in law enforcement, all those in paramedics and firefighters and those in the nursing home industry and those in the funeral industry and those who are essential workers who have to go out and work in jobs and have to brave the elements of this storm that is upon us, pray for them. Every Sunday night at 8 o'clock, we're going to be having a conference prayer call with uh, those who do have to go out into this, and we're going to pray the prayer of faith over them for 30 minutes, and we encourage them to join that call because we believe it's going to strengthen them in the name of Jesus. If you're listening and you'd like to be a part of that call, let us know on Facebook, at the inbox, inbox us at Facebook, Tree of Life Church, so you can be a part of that call. Treat this seriously. Don't do anything foolish. Don't do anything crazy. Treat this serious. But understand that God is with you. If we get one week into April, two weeks into April, three weeks, four weeks, if it goes into May and June, God is with us. You don't have to go to May yet. You don't have to go to the end of April yet and worry about what might happen, what could develop. You stay right where you are. Take it one day at a time. Brave the elements each day. Trust in God each moment. He is a God who operates right now. The same goes for those who are fearing economic disaster, those who are, are worried about their job, those who are worried about the economic downturn, a recession. People are talking about a depression, and we don't know what will develop, and we don't know when the economy will open back up to run full throttle, but what we do know is that God has us day by day, one moment at a time. Hallelujah. He said, look, the lilies, consider them they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these. So take no thought for the morrow, what you shall put on. You know, that's, that's easier to quote and shout about when everything's going the way we want it to go. But, but now we're living that life where we're putting our trust in the Lord. And I want to say to the Tree of Life Church that you have given sacrificially to ready now and you have put your trust in God, and God will honor you in these times. In these lean times, God is going to honor your sacrifice, and he's going to honor your faith. You just watch and see what the Lord will do. He'll put a hedge of protection around you in the name of Jesus. He's going to put a hedge of protection around you. You can trust in him and put your faith in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I, I feel it in my spirit to just really communicate to you not to fear, but to trust in the Lord. And this, this is going to get, looks like it's going to get rough. Looks like the waters are going to get choppy. Looks like you're going to hear some things howling. These are the end times. These are the last days. Another earthquake last night in Idaho, six and a half on the Richter scale. It's the whole earth is groaning together. The whole creation groaneth and travaileth and waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we've been living for. We don't need to be afraid. We need to trust in the Lord. Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves and trust in the God of our salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I bring to you the story of the man by the name of Elisha. Because this woman was, this Shunammite woman, uh, she was a very special person to Elisha and to Gehazi. She was a, a unique individual because 
uh, the, the uh, Shunammite woman saw that Elisha was coming and going and doing ministry, and she said to her husband, I want to do something to bless this man of God. And they decided that they would build a chamber for him, like a little quarters where he could stay on his journey to and from doing ministry. And she decked it out, put furniture in there, made it a place where he could live for a little while. And it was so nice. And it was such a very encouraging thing. And, and, and the Lord honored her for blessing the prophet of God, Elisha. And so she was special. Elisha was so moved by it, he said to Gehazi, his servant, he said, what can we do for this Shunammite woman who has blessed us the way she has? And he said, well, I've noticed she doesn't have any children. And so Elisha prayed and prophesied to her that the Lord was going to give her a child. When he did, she said, now don't, don't mess with me. Don't deceive me. She said, because I've always wanted a child. And I can't, I can't, this can't be like an April Fool's joke. Okay, it's got to, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with that. He said, no, the Lord is going to give you a child. And the Bible says that it happened just as the prophet Elisha said it was going to happen. When you arrive at the place where we were reading, you find this woman of Shunem in a haste trying to get to the man of God, the prophet Elisha. And, and she's, she's desperate to get to him. The reason she's desperate is because this child that the Lord gave her had grown a little bit. And one day in the field, we don't know exactly what happened, but he starts complaining about his head hurting. And the next thing he falls ill and he's, he's, he goes down rapidly. It's a drastic, dramatic downturn of his physical health to the point that they bring him into the chamber, lay him upon the man of God's bed that they had prepared for Elisha, and he dies. He dies while his mother's holding him. He dies. They lay him upon the prophet's bed, and she said, get me a donkey ready. I'm going to go and see the man of God. When they brought her to the man of God, she came. Gehazi sees her far off, tells Elisha. Elisha said, go and meet her and make sure that all is well. When Gehazi gets to where she is, he said, are you well? Is your husband well? Is your child well? She said, it is well. She had a, a, a child dead in her home. Her heart was grieved. Later, the Bible said her soul was vexed. But she said, it is well. When she was brought to the prophet Elisha, she, she ran to him. She fell at his feet. Gehazi was going to throw her aside and say, no, no, you, that's not proper. But Elisha forbade him to do it. And this is what Elisha said. He said, her soul is vexed within her. And this is what I want to bring to your attention. The Lord hath hid it from me. He did not show me what it is she's facing. And that's the way a lot of people felt about COVID-19. We didn't see this coming. 2020 was going to be a year of great strides into the future. Such, such vision, such lofty plans and ideals. And then all of a sudden, a turn in the road like nothing any of us had expected and Elisha's standing there and he's like man I didn't expect this I prophesied this child would be born I assured her that this was not the deception this was not a deception and 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 now here she is she feels vexed she's wounded 
Everything is turned upside down in her world. And the Lord hid it from me. He did not show it to me. And, and, and then he said, Gehazi, take my staff and run to where the child is and, and lay the staff upon the child. And Gehazi did exactly what he was told to do. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are countless places in the scripture where we see the miracle working power of God. Let me tell you how I expect that story to turn out. I expect her to tell Elisha that, that the child is dead and Elisha to say, I knew it the whole time because the Lord had revealed it to me. But the Lord didn't reveal it to him. The Lord hid it from him. He didn't see it coming. Then he gives his staff to Gehazi and tells Gehazi to go and lay the staff upon the child. And I fully expect him to lay the staff upon the child and the child to get up off that bed and, and everything to be all right. And that didn't happen. Gehazi came back to Elisha and said, I did what you told me to do. I prayed how you told me to pray and nothing happened. And sometimes that's where we are in a case like we're facing today. You can pray and pray and weep and travail and intercede and wake up to worse news. You can curse coronavirus. You can, you can call upon God to drive it out. You can call upon God to subdue it, to bring it down in the name of Jesus. And, and nothing seemed to happen. Elisha went himself to where the child was. And the Bible said he laid upon the child, mouth upon his mouth, hand upon his hand, feet upon his feet. He did that several times. And the Bible said he went to and fro. This wasn't just a rise, take up thy bed and walk moment. This wasn't just a, you know, there were miracles Elisha performed. You know, he, he cursed those who mocked him and bears ran out of the woods and, and destroyed them. He had power and authority with God, and yet this thing wasn't letting go. And so did Elisha give up? No. Did Elisha turn around? No. Did Elisha stop believing? No. When, when, when Gehazi putting the rod on the child, did Elisha throw up his hands and say, oh my, it didn't work. No, no, that's not what he did. Elisha kept Praying to and fro, to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. If it, if, if, if it didn't lift today, it's going to lift tomorrow. If it didn't go away tonight, it'll go away tomorrow night. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on cursing coronavirus. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to lean upon his word. I'm going to put my faith in him. I'm going to lean upon the Lord. I'm going to claim victory today. And if I don't have it today, I'll have it tomorrow and if I don't have it tomorrow I'll have it the next day and if I don't have it the next day I'll have it the next day I'm claiming it right now in the name of Jesus Christ we don't stop trusting God because our prayer doesn't seem to have made the headway that we wanted it or expected it to make this was a very involved miracle that Elisha performed and it wasn't easily brought to pass First, he didn't know about it. It caught him off guard. He was blindsided like many of us were blindsided by how serious this thing got and as quickly as it became serious. And then the people that we know and love and, and, and folks that we've never met, but we love them because there are, there are our fellow people on this earth 
And we want them to be healed and we want them to be saved and we want them to be delivered. And they start to succumb to this terrible sickness. It's time to pray. All folded hands on deck. It's time to pray. It's time to get a hold of God. Hallelujah. And you, you, you can bind it and, and, and curse it and call upon God and ask the Lord to rebuke it. And if it doesn't lift, do it again. If you lay your, the rod down upon the child and he doesn't rise, pray again. Stretch out over it. Eye upon eye, hand on hand, mouth on mouth. And pray again. Believe again. Have faith again. Don't stop praying. There is power in persistent prayer. Continue to pray. Continue to believe. If you get sick, continue to pray. Continue to believe. If you have to go to the ER, continue to pray. Continue to believe. If they have to intubate you, continue to pray. Continue to believe. Continue to trust in God. Lean upon his holy word. Don't stop praying. Don't stop fasting. Don't stop seeking God. There is power. There is power. There is wonder-working power. There's glorious, mighty, miraculous power in prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And as I preach this to you, and as I declare this unto you, I know that tomorrow there are going to be other voices. And these will be, many of them, expert voices. And we hope to hear a glimmer of some kind of good news. But I want you to know, even if you don't hear it tomorrow or the next day or through all the month of April or May, you keep praying persistent prayer. Keep pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Keep standing upon the promises of God my Savior. Hallelujah. Keep trusting in his holy word. There's power in persistent prayer. There is power in persistent prayer. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. I feel, I feel the presence of my God Hallelujah, you can feel his presence right where you are. Those of you that have been wrestling with fear and worry about your job or fear and worry about your health or fear and worry about your loved one's health, fear and worry about whether or not this thing will take you down as it has others, we rebuke that fear in the name of Jesus and we speak calm and we speak peace and we want to remind you of the power of persistent prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love y'all so much. I miss you all. And I, I, I know that it's going to be a great day of rejoicing when we have an opportunity to all stand in here together shouting and rejoicing and, and turning our hearts unto the Lord. But I want you at this time just to lift your hands to the Lord. Lean upon Him. Trust in Him. Just, just let Him minister to your heart right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I know that the spirit of fear has been speaking to you. And that's why we have to counter with the word of life. And we have to counter with the word of peace. And we have to counter with the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Hear what I'm telling you false prophecies that the devil will speak into your life 
They only come to pass when you choose to believe them. Choose today not to believe the word of your adversary. Choose this day to believe the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, your word says I am healed. I trust in your holy word. Yeah, but a thousand fell at your right side. I, I, I trust in his holy word. 10,000, did you see the reports? The global reports. I, I choose to trust in God. I choose to trust in his holy word. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over you and your children and your family right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Just bow your heads with me. Lift your hands with me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you that you are the healer. Lord, I thank you that you are the healer. Lord, I thank you that you are the healer of every disease. Lord, when you walked this earth and you healed all manner of diseases, you healed on that day and in that moment and at that time, you healed the originating coronavirus. Your blood that was shed upon Calvary's cross has the power and has already subdued this coronavirus. Hallelujah. It might take man a while to develop a vaccine, but Lord, your blood already has the power over coronavirus. And I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Upon Tree of Life Church, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Upon my family, the families of this congregation, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. Upon our city, upon our nation, upon our world, Lord, forgive us our sins. Wash us, I pray, of the sins that we have committed. Lord, cleanse this earth, I pray in Jesus' name, of those sins. Forgive us, Lord, for we have sinned against you. Forgive our nation. Forgive this world of sins of violence, sins of perversion, sins of idolatry, sins of rebellion, sins, Lord God that are as a stench in your nostril. I pray, O oh Lord, that you'll forgive us. Hear our cry. Hear the cry of our hearts. Forgive our nation. Forgive our world. Help us to walk uprightly before you. Lord, we pray that you will send a mighty rushing wind of your Holy Spirit to fill the earth with your glory. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of God. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 8, in the book of 2 Kings chapter 8, Gehazi, the servant of the Lord, is talking to the king. And the Bible says that while he's talking to the king, there had been a famine of seven years. This was after the child had been raised from the dead. And the woman of Shunem had left her home to go into the land of the Philistines for seven years. Seven years passes, and she needs to go reclaim her property. She's going to make her petition known to the king that she wants her property back. She's hoping she can have favor. When she gets back, in 2 Kings chapter 8, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, is in the room with the king, telling the king about the day Elisha raised 
the woman's child from the dead. And when the woman walks in to make her petition known, Gehazi is telling the king, this is the woman that I'm telling you about. Elisha raised her son from the dead. And because of that timing, the precise timing of that, the king granted her favor and granted her all the property back that she lost. Now, I know this next month is going to be tough. I know that this next two months, three months, it's unpredictable. But seven years from now, seven years from now, there are going to be some testimonies, some miracles that we're sharing, that we're declaring, that are paving a way for the glory of God to be upon his people. Hallelujah. I don't know what we're going to face over the next month. I don't know what the church is going to face. There's a lot. Hey, there's a lot we could be anxious about. But the Bible said, be anxious for nothing. Bring everything to God in prayer and trust in him. And seven years from now, someday down the road, glory to the name of God. I feel the presence of my heavenly father so strong. Hallelujah. Somewhere down the road stories of what God has done will fill king's palaces and they will hear the glory of God exalted through the land and throughout this world oh hallelujah I feel the presence of the Lord I feel the presence of the Lord you can shout in your living room right now come on shout in your living room lift up your voice in your living room and magnify God listen praise him for what he's about to do Praise Him for what He's about to do. I heard all day yesterday and all day today about how bad this is about to get. I think the church ought to lift our voices to God and say, Lord, I want to praise You in Jesus' name because You have much greater power than coronavirus. Bring those numbers down. Bring healing in Jesus' name. Sweep through our land with healing power, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we fall on our face in humble repentance to You, asking for Your healing power. Lord, we know we don't have the power. We know we don't have the power. And we know that you alone are God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on and praise him with me in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to praise you for every healing right now. Lord, I praise you for every recovery that has taken place. I praise you for every person you brought out of this sickness. Every person that you brought out of this quarantine. Lord, continue to recover their bodies. In Jesus' name, continue to recover their bodies. Lord, I love you and I thank you. And I give you praise. Lord, I thank you for loving us. Hallelujah, I thank you for loving us. Lord, we worship you and give you all praise and glory. In Jesus' name, be encouraged by the word of the Lord today. Be encouraged by the word of the Lord. He is with us and he will be with us even unto the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. Let the peace of God cover your soul right now in the precious name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to sing that song that just simply says, Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Hallelujah. In fathomless billows sweeping over my soul. Hallelujah. Can you feel it right now? Just let the peace of God come upon you right now in Jesus' name. 
Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, peace, peace. Oh, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Let's sing it again. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful peace It's coming down From the Father above Yes, sweep over my spirit Forever I pray Fathomless billows of love. Let's sing it again. Sing it in your home. Sing it in your home. Hallelujah. Oh, peace, peace. There is such wonderful peace. It's coming down from the Father. your heads with me right now if you will Lord I thank you in the name of Jesus that your word brings life and that your word is in fact a shelter for us and I pray God that you will remove the fear from our minds and from our hearts fill us with wisdom and fill us with power love and a sound mind help us I pray in Jesus name to be strong in the Lord to be strong in the power of the might of God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you will protect us, every one of us, our front line, our, our medical care professionals, all those that are involved in essential work who go out into the middle of this storm and are endangered by the thoughts of this world. But Lord, we know the thoughts you have toward us, thoughts of good and not of evil, thoughts of peace hallelujah and I thank you for your intention that you are for us not against us and if God be for us then who can be against us Lord I pray that you will remind us daily that you are for us in the name of Jesus and I pray that you will wash over us with a blessed assurance hallelujah every person that's sitting under the sound of my voice Lord bless them with blessed assurance right now in Jesus' precious name we pray. And we give you all glory and honor. 
Amen and amen. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And I pray the word of the Lord will continue to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. We will emerge from this darkness and we will emerge stronger and wiser and better than ever before. God bless you in Jesus' name.